girl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44... Hey, Mutiny Radio listeners, we are just after 8 o'clock. Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse is going to be starting in just a couple minutes. We're holding the door for the full sold-out house tonight, so that's cool. Uh, We'll listen to some other awesome Mutiny Radio shows in the interim, but coming up soon is a really, really great comedy clubhouse with awesome comics from out of town, Emma Pace-Jones out of Salem, Oregon, and Jay Shingle from Seattle also, Kari Avier and Rolf Scar, and a special call-in from Julia Carroll. So, hey, Corral, yay. Uh, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We're going to be back in just a minute with great, great comedy here on MutinyRadio.fm. Designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! 
Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is Darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive.
Laughter and laughter, yay! You're all here, we're all here. It's time for the Comedy Clubhouse here at Mutiny Radio. Yay, yay, hi everybody, yay! All the people are coming. This is. I'm so glad you all chose the Splash Zone. This is very exciting. You're like right up front. Uh, we'll get right into it. Hey, I, oh, you can do whatever, there you go. Yeah, get in the Splash Zone, baby, get in the Splash Zone! 
Yeah, it was an exciting day for me today. Um, I went potty and I was bleeding. Yay! No, it's exciting. Like, you'd look at me and say, oh, she's so young. Oh, she's not pregnant. Nay. This is the first period I've had since August 7th, 2019. Paramenopause. Let's give it up. Yeah! Hello. Didn't know it was just going to stop like that. I was, like, bleeding for all these years and then suddenly nothing <laughs> so much fun it's like my underwear have never been happier I haven't I haven't worn white panties since I was 13 this is an exciting time for me I'm like wow those it's good the only good thing about going through menopause is I never have to have another abortion <laughs> Woo! it's okay I've had an IUD I've had an IUD for a long time I've had my piece of copper jewelry that's a pool sweeper in my uterus. It's like a little, it looks like a little cross. It's like a little copper Jesus in my uterus that keeps out all the dead babies. Yay! It's a little pool sweeper. That's what pool sweepers are for, right? You keep out all the dead babies. You guys have babies and pools? Wow. <laughs> you get that. Cool. <laughs> San Francisco, no one's got a pool. I grew up in Danville. Uh, anybody know where Danville is? Yeah, oh, I'm getting some nods. They're like, poor little rich girl. Mm, oh, did you? Did you think you were poor when you lived in a 3,500 square foot house? Oh, I had my own bathroom, but my zippered jeans were palmettos and not guest jeans. So I got made fun of. Oh, poor little rich girl. I know. At 16, my parents gave me a brand new Hyundai scoop. It was so cute. And everyone made fun of me because it wasn't a BMW. And I was like, oh, my life sucks. I'm so poor. Oh, it's so hard for me in Danville. Everyone is so rich and I'm so poor. Oh. It was rough. It was really <laughs> difficult for me. I know, right? There were, so, there were so many things that made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Uh, but no, it's cool. I love Jesus. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I love Jesus like everyone else, and it's fine. And this is one thing I don't get, right? When I was eight years old, I was, I was a very imaginative child, and I wanted to have a four-foot cat friend, an invisible friend that was gray and a cat. Like when you go, you know when you go to Disneyland and you walk down the Haunted Mansion and there's the lady that's sitting on the chaise lounge and she turns into a cat and then she turns into a lady and then to a cat? That was my invisible friend. And I was like, but talking to my cat lady friend. And my parents were like, no, you can't have an invisible friend. But you can hold a 33-year-old man's hand every night on your bed and tell him all your problems. Jesus is a 33-year-old man. What I'm saying is I got to have a 30... My parents are like, you know what's better than a cat? A 33-year-old man sitting on the side of your bed holding your hand and listening to how boys don't like you. That's way better than a cat. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> like, yay! I'll never be good enough. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's the virgin... The whole thing about God and some of the virgin birth, like, wait, what? Like, we're gonna start a whole religion about a woman who doesn't even, she doesn't even have a period yet and she has a baby? What does that mean? How, is this, how does that mean anything for feminism? What do these f myths tell me about myself, right? Anyone else read the Bible? No, cool. There's a, <laughs> I read too much of the Bible. What I learned about the Bible, one of the books in the Bible that's named after a woman is Esther. And what did I learn from that book? Uh, you know, she saved the entire Jewish people. How did she do that? Was she clever? Was she good at puzzles? 
sports orator. Who's she a great orator? Nay, she had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. <laughs> like, her name was Hadassah. They changed it to Esther. Because <laughs> Hadassah sounds super Jewy. And they were like, don't let the... She saved the whole Jewish hot rack. Don't look Jewy. Yay! I'm a feminist. Yay! I like new feminism now, though. Like, okay, we've been objectifying women for thousands of years. And then we're like, well, feminism says you should stop objectifying women. Nay. Humans will objectify humans. That's just a thing. Feminism is the ability to objectify men equally. <laughs> right? Like, I've tried to catcall men, but that's impossible because they're all dogs. <laughs> they're like, yeah, are you talking to me on the street? This sounds great. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I um, sort of sexually harassed the mail carrier on 20th Street the other day. He's really cute. He's like 26. He's tall. He's blonde. Uh, he had his little shirt open the other day and he had a wife beater on. And like, I could kind of see his nip like barely through his wife beater. You know what I'm saying? Right? So I stopped him. I stopped him and I said, I hope the postal service makes a calendar and they put you in it. And I winked. <laughs> and he kind of like was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I realized I think I sexually harassed my mailman. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I do understand cat calling now though because I have a kitten, right? And I am calling her all the time. I'm like, baby kitty, baby kitty, I love you. <laughs> baby kitty, come here. I love you, baby kitty. Shh. And then and then and then she shows me her butthole, you know? And I'm like, oh baby girl, I love you. And I run over there and I pick her up without consent and I flip her over and turn her into a baby and kiss her on the mouth. Cat calling. I'm just saying, like, I get it. <laughs> Finally. Good stuff. I, I often, I try not to wear skirts or makeup or whatever because I get attention. Oh, it's, uh, it's walking in the tenderloin. Not looking for it, but sometimes I get it. And sometimes I don't know if it's cat calling or complimenting. Uh, like a gentleman stopped me the other day and he said, Girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. That's a compliment. It's a straight up, well-formed compliment and I'm taking it. I like it. Another gentleman said, oh, you got a nice fit on today. I was like, oh, I'm wearing an outfit. I am fit, thank you. That's a double entendre in complimenting. I like it, it's good. I try not to wear skirts because I was walking down the street and a man said, oh, I like your skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? <laughs> That's catcalling. <laughs> also, why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? That's weird. <laughs> like, come on, bro. That's on you, man. That's like, mm, what's your issue? Actually, it's all over me. That's the <laughs> menopause. I'm telling you. What? <laughs> Ladies. Uh, I am excited about menopause. I'm going to get a new tattoo here um, on like where my uterus is to commemorate its disuse. And it's... <laughs> It's going to be a tiny skeleton baby. <laughs> kitten, a kitten, a tiny skeleton baby kitten. Like all wrapped up there like his little kitty face and it's so cute with his little bones and like, ah! <laughs> it's, it's the only thing I'd ever want to birth would be like a kitten, right? It's like soft and cute. The only problem with kittens is that when you birth them, they have all of their teeth. Did you know this? What 
are people are like pussy is weak pussy is weak i'm like do you know what cats nipples are made out of their children are born with teeth like that's a kevlar shit i want to make me an outfit out of that yay hi welcome yay just talking about cat nipples uh no I actually, I read, I read a really great article this week on um, human breast milk and THC, and they were saying that it's actually not a good idea to smoke weed with the baby in utero, or even you can't pump and dump because it's in your system for so long. And I'm like, I know, I wanna be able to milk my own breasts because I smoke and eat so much weed that like I wanna make TH cheese, <laughs> right? Like breast milk is 22% fat, that is gonna make like a really awesome meltable cheese. Also, I could save the vegans, right? Cause cashew cheese is not cheese and this is 100% consent-based milk. <laughs> like, <laughs> vegans breastfeed their children, so this is fine. I can save all the vegans with breast milk boob cheese. Free trade. I'd like to get some from Vietnam so it had like a lemongrass flavor and then I can mix that with like my TH cheese, right? And here's the other thing. Sometimes I think I'm a genius or maybe I smoke too much weed, but if mammals and the THC goes through their bodies, why aren't we feeding all goats weed? Every goat cheese could have weed in it. Every goat yogurt could have weed in it. Why aren't we feeding llamas and cows the weed trash? Sorry, now it's a TED talk on the use of <laughs> hemp and <laughs> saving vegans. That's what it's become now. Cool, I'm at 10 minutes. We'll get this started. Yay, you're all here. This is really exciting. Yay, yay. Clap for yourselves. Yay. That's a cheap way to get you to clap for me. That's a really, <laughs> clap for you. No, clap for me. That's good. I do, I do smoke and eat so much weed. Other weed smoker eaters in the house? You, wow, wow. Anyone ever gotten so high that they forget how their own shower works? <laughs> Just me. I get in there, I'm like, it's hot, it's cold, what? What's going on? It's like Airbnb in your own home. It's, <laughs> why is this cat litter on the ground? I'm paying $40 a day for this. It's just my rent. That's cheap in San Francisco, actually. <laughs> it's cat litter. I love cats. Cat people? Woo, woo, woo. Bow to your alien overlords with one paw, please. Like, that's, mm. I'm a crazy cat lady, but not in the way you think. I wanna take my cat and I wanna shave him. I wanna knit a sweater out of his fur. I wanna make him wear it. <laughs> Cause I'm a crazy cat lady, wow! I, the only, the, I, have, I have had a really wonderful cat and he uh, passed away into the forever firmament of all cats. I miss you, Spike. But it took two cats to replace him. And the bummer is that my old cat loved to smoke pot. And both of my new cats don't like to smoke pot. And so every time I smoke and I blow the smoke in their direction, they give me this look like, fuck you, we don't like your smoke. And I'm like, you're not a good enough cat. <laughs> oh. My old cat, maybe it's just time. <laughs> I will teach them to love weed. I'm a terror. I, that's why I shouldn't be ever be a parent of children, because I'd probably blow pot smoke in their face and be like, like it, it'll make you a better person, I promise you. I was so annoying as a child because I wasn't doing marijuana. <laughs> 
I was in college. It was actually, I'll finish on this. This is just a true story. I was in college and one of my neighbor roommate people was like, hey, Pam, you know, like, you know, we like you or whatever, but we like you a lot better when you're on weed. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> 93 and it was a mecky swag so like imagine now with the dabs i'd be so much cooler <laughs> i just i just sit in a corner without talking and they're like that's the way we want you sit in the corner and say nothing <laughs> women in the 90s not appreciated yay <laughs> But I played Magic the Gathering, which taught me about feminism because I wasn't seen as a se sexual object. I was seen as a player. And so that made me feel better because they were like, oh, shit, you're kind of smart. And I'm like, I know how to read, too. I'm a witch. Ah! I'm in college. <laughs> okay. You guys are a great audience. I didn't make a... Oh, I, I, you're going to go first. You're going to open it up. Okay. Yay. I'm Pam. I'm your host. Yay. Um, yay. Yay for me. Yay. I wore makeup tonight because everyone likes cake, but they like it better with frosting, you know? <laughs> That's what Leslie Small, you know that name. She told me that years and years ago. And uh, anyway, we sing a little song. It goes like this. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. I need a vaporizer. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! You're already here. Yay. All right, your first comedian of the night. He's a, he's a new comic. He's up and coming. Uh, he's, just, he's just a darling, darling young man. Put your hands together. It's Sam Carroll. Yay! Pam Benjamin, the lovely host of Mutiny Radio, everybody. That's a cheap way for you to clap for me. Clay, now, now switch to me. Everybody do me now. Although it's quiet all of a sudden now. Okay, all right. We'll do jokes then. Fuck it. So in 1995, Barack Obama writes this book called Dreams from My Father. You familiar with this book? It was translated into 3,765 languages. And in most of those languages, Barack Obama wrote a book called Dreaming of My Dad. Dude, I got dreams of my dad, too. I don't write fucking books about them. I had a dream once that was so realistic of my dad that he came into my room in the morning and told me, Sam, last night was just a dream. I'm like, what the fuck, dad? You having the same dream as me? And it's a recurring one? You know, Michelle Obama wrote a book in 2018 called Becoming Michelle Obama, and it got translated into zero languages because she's a narcissist. <laughs> Fuck that book. You can't write that book. No one can write that book. Queen Elizabeth doesn't write that book. She probably does not know how to write. I wouldn't know how to do that shit if I was the queen. I would kick it all the time. <laughs> Damn, man. Yeah, my mom's, pretty, my mom's pretty Catholic. You guys got Catholic moms. Yeah. No. <laughs> She went to Brazil on a mission trip. This is kind of a little aside. She goes to Brazil on this mission trip, right? She brings back all these Brazilian wax candles. You familiar with these? They smell terrible. They're awful. I don't even think I could artistically describe what they smell. I'll do it anyway. They smell like burnt hair and pussy and dick and balls and just a taint smell of faint. The tire, she's like, I got ocean breeze. I'm like, mom, look right here at the late. You got ocean breeze, low tide. Did you not read the fine print? <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
Let me guys ask. Let me ask you guys a question. It's a pretty serious question. Do you guys think that suicide hotline workers get paid on commission? No one. Been thinking about this a lot. You know, I applied for the suicide hotline. I I fucked it up though because I called the suicide hotline to do it, and there's n another number. They don't want you to call the number. I wanted to be. <laughs> I wanted to be part of the Suicide Squad, you know? Fuck it, dude. These guys are cool. I bet they got a really dark sense of humor. Like, it's like my kind of humor because I'm doing the suicide joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about this? You guys know what poopery is? You seen this? Poopery. You spray it in the... Everyone that knows about it is really quiet about it. You spray it in the bowl after a nasty and it's fine. It's great. You know, uh, I love this stuff. I, I can't afford the gas relief at CVS. So I've been buying this and just drinking it straight up. You know, it's. You know, I, I go, I, I fart in an elevator and people say, thank you. You should try it. It's an amazing experience. I'm just making people's days better with, with French lavender all day. It's, it's great, dude. It's absolutely great. All right, I'll, I'll ask you a question. I'll leave the floor to you guys for a second. So if, if you're trapped on a deserted island and you can bring one thing from your childhood, what are you bringing? I'll, I'll leave it to you. Shout it out. What do you got? What are you bringing from your childhood to your deserted island? Weed. It's a little mental thought. <laughs> Weed is great. Great answer. Great answer. Uh, trauma. Trauma? Trauma's great. I like trauma. Can I get uh, pocket pussy from anyone? No one? You can't, you can't take her with you. She can't come with you. She, ever. She can't come with you ever. I'm sorry about your micropenis, sir. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He doesn't have a micropenis. He showed me outside. It's a normal penis. <laughs> yeah. I got one of these uh, load-sensing washing machines at home. You guys know what these are? Yeah, they're great. Her name's Cheryl, and she's my girlfriend. And she can tell every time. She's like, did you just come in me? I'm like, no, I just, I think your vagina likes me a lot. Because it's wet. <laughs> All right, guys. We have, we have reached our limit here. We have reached our mark. I'm unfortunately going to have to hand the microphone, fortunately for you guys, to Pam Benjamin, your lovely mutiny radio host. Give it up. Yay, Sam Carroll! Yay! You you know what I you know you know what I love about um, twenty three year olds that play soccer, is that finally I get to watch hot twenty three year olds actually make their goals, <laughs> like they literally make goals. <laughs> if you watch soccer, that's like that's what they do. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sam's also twenty three. <laughs> he doesn't play soccer, but he rides bikes. I'm sure he could play soccer too if he wanted. I don't know. You do whatever, you're 23. <laughs> the children of these days, yay. Everything's at their fingertips. You know what I don't understand about the kids these days? They've had porn since they were 12 and they still don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like, how did that happen? <laughs> Your next comedian, what a joy. He comes to Mutiny Radio all the time and is just a wonderful asset to the station. You're going to laugh so hard. Put your hands together for Cody Abe. Yay! Hey. Oh, 
Oh my god. How's everybody doing tonight? Good? Good. That's good. Well, I could tell how you guys are all doing. I'm psychic. No, I you can just look in someone's eyes and tell how they're doing, you know? You can tell if somebody's like high, you know, if they're tired, if they're Asian, like you can tell all of that just by looking into their eyes. It's crazy. Uh, I'm Asian. I'm Japanese. The headband is for emphasis. Um, yeah, people call me the Karate Kid. That's a little bit racist in my opinion, because uh, the Karate Kid is from Jersey and he's Italian. You know? In fact, that's why they call him the Karate Kid. If he was Asian, he'd just be the kid. Right? Like, it's crazy. I, don't know. I am Japanese. I was born and raised in Hawaii, uh, which means I got a lot of mixed feelings about Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> it was an important day for my family, you know, was, for my grandparents. It was the day that they decided if they're going to fight for the greatest country in the world or the winners. <laughs> and, uh, and they chose the winners, <laughs> you know, that's why I'm here telling jokes to you guys and not other way. I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't have been born, right? I don't know. Uh, anyway, I am proud of my Japanese heritage. Um, it's it's great. Like I used to wear a rising sun headband. You guys know what that is? I thought it looked cool. Uh, this guy came up to me once though. He was like, "Dude, you can't wear that headband. That's like wearing a Confederate flag headband." And I was like, "There's a Confederate flag headband? Like I'm not a. <laughs> Those exist? <laughs> like I'm gonna walk into a headband store. I'm gonna see one like Confederate flag headband. That tacky. <laughs> Absolutely." Too many colors, you know? Rising Sun has two. This has one. Will you go with three? <laughs> Three's a crowd, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, well, I'll tell you so stuff about like what I like. I like to skateboard. I recently got back into skateboarding. Uh, let me rephrase that. I recently purchased a skateboard again for the fifth time. Uh, I, sh you know, I was like, I probably shouldn't be skateboarding, but my friends are like, dude, you got a new hobby, good for you, man. Like, woodworking would be a new hobby, right? In five years of woodworking, I'd have like a table or something. But in five years of skateboarding, I'll be crippled. Um, not fun, uh, but you know, I, uh, I do skateboard a lot. I fall a lot, too. Earlier today, I actually ate shit trying to ollie up a curb. Uh, this is embarrassing, but I learned from my mistakes, right? So what I should have done was like, so I'm on my skateboard, right? Like as I was approaching the curb, what I should have done was uh, right before I hit the curb, pick up my board and walk up it. <laughs> like that's, I've been doing that my whole life. <laughs> Why change it now? Why try to show off to this one random stranger on the, I don't get it. I, um, you know, I'm under some delusion I'm gonna be good someday. I don't even practice. Like I. <laughs> I just ride through the streets of San Francisco, like straight down Geary. <laughs> I don't even practice tricks, you know, that Ollie story, not true. Try to impress you guys. Did it work? <laughs> okay, it did, uh, judging by that laughter. I, I, I don't know, I guess I should make better decisions in my life, you know? Um, on an unrelated note, anybody want to buy a skateboard? <laughs> Got a skateboard buyer in the back. Uh, tried to look for new uh, new hobbies. I looked into cooking. Cooking's a cool one because uh, you can you can you can like really just assert your dominance over somebody with cooking. You know, like 
You, sir, do you know how to cook? Yeah. But if you do you know, do you know how to cook? <laughs> like, can you, is that, is that your yeah, yeah. wife, girlfriend? Uh, oh, but does he look at you like, hey, babe, I can chiffonade this parsley for you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I can batonet these carrots. I don't know what depends. I didn't know what you're into. I assume maybe you're going in that direction. We're going in that direction tonight, you know. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's cooking like you can you can be a show off. No one's gonna care, right? Like no one's gonna be eating a perfectly cooked and seasoned steak. Like, yeah, this is good and all. But did you see the way that he butter basted that? Oh, it's fucking pretentious, right, guys? Like, no one's going to say that at all. It's not. Here, this is the best example I can think of. You guys know what Benihana is, right? People get paid to show off. The guy, like, throws an egg in the air. He catches it on a spatula. How does he do that? I don't know. Like, he's Asian or something. I don't know. I guess I should know how to do that then, too, right? Uh, well, that's besides the point. Anyway, but, like, yeah, that's that's insane. Like, people at Benihana get get to, like, I should get into cooking because whenever I flip my skateboard on the street, I get called a public nuisance. Like, that's not, this doesn't work. Like, cooking's the way to go. That's how we get, you know, the approval of Gordon Ramsay or whatever. <laughs> we love him. I love him. I love Guy Fieri. You guys like Guy Fieri? <laughs> Unironically, best man in the world. Like, okay, that was, that was just a tangent for you guys. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I, I, <laughs> I love um, I got, is, <laughs> he, he, he does so much good for the world. He does. I'm, <laughs> I just love, he does so much good for the world. For, you know, he, do, he like cooks for the fires and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I wouldn't do that. I'm too, I'm too much of a pussy to do that. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm, I'm, I'm postmating you McDonald's right now, guys. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, they say, they say, they say baking is a science, but cooking is jazz. Have you heard that? Yeah, that's true. And if that's the case, I'm listening to a lot of jazz right now. <laughs> and by that, I mean Postmates all day long. We're ordering that. We're ordering a posh bagel from the, you know, wherever. We're going, we're going there. We're going places with that. You know, I'm a millennial. That's what I do. Uh, I'm a, I'm also a hypochondriac. You know, millennial hypochondriac. What does that mean? It's like a normal hypochondriac, but instead of you know going to the doctor all the time, I just stay at home and wait to die. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> I can't afford it. I don't have health insurance. I do. I don't know how it works though. <laughs> what, what is a deductible? <laughs> Somebody tell me what a deductible is. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I uh I do eat out a lot. I, I go to restaurants. I, I sometimes get in trouble for the places I pick though. I, I love eating at Chick-fil-A. Uh you know, fucking cancel me or whatever. But like I do um but like I have friends that will be like, Hey, did you know that the Chick-fil-A CEO is against gay marriage? I'm like, well, is he going to be at that Chick-fil-A that we're going to? Because if he isn't, I think we're good. Like, you know, unless you want to marry me. Do you want to marry me? Uh, I'm not gay, but like, I, I'm like, do you have health insurance? Do you know how it works? Uh, <laughs> we, 
we can we'll get there like I'll do it for that um <laughs> I uh yeah I work at a grocery store uh which means I have you know I don't have much money but I have even less dignity <laughs> uh no, and, and some weird stuff happens there. Like, it's a very, like, I noticed that, like, just by watching a lot of people, it's kind of a weird time, like, racially, you know? Uh, yeah. As a, you're, you're the first, are you white? You're the first white person to nod with full conviction. Usually it's, they just look around like, and all the other minorities are nodding. And, like, it's, uh, like, it's, good job, though. I, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate the solidarity. Um, <laughs> I do. Um, no, but it's, it is a weird time. Like I, I witnessed a uh, a white man cut in front of an Asian man, which is a hate crime in this climate. And he did that, and I was like, "Damn!" But the Asian guy stood up for himself immediately. And I, as he was unloading his groceries, like he's, this is my this is my place in line. I'm standing up for myself. And I, I was really proud of him as he was unloading his groceries. Uh, I was just like Yang Gang. He was like, "What'd you say, sir?" <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I was just like, uh, do you need bags? <laughs> and he was just like, uh, did you say Yang Gang? And I was like, ah, uh, you have a membership card today, sir? <laughs> and he's like, you, you just said Yang Gang, didn't you? And I did, I, I did. It wasn't even politically, I'm, I'm not a very political person. I just didn't have a word or phrase to communicate struggle. You know, like black guys have the N word. Uh, Latinos have the N-word. <laughs> White guys have rallies. Like, everyone has something, you know? I, didn't, I needed something. And so that's what, like, I, I ended up, you know, <laughs> he, he ended up walking away. But as he was walking away, uh, the, like, he, he got stopped by that guy that, that he stood up to. And the guy was like, yeah, you want to take it outside? You want to fight, bro? You want to fight? And, and and the guy just walks away. He, not, not, I didn't have to, you know, de-escalate the situation. Uh, but, at, you know, the, that white guy was really mad. And as he was going back in line defeated, he just goes, Asian. Which, uh, you know, it's like, who's, is it me or him? Like, what, like, <laughs> like was I supposed to, who, who's on the wrong side of this? But, uh, like, is that the way that he, like, deals with all of his tr troubles in the world? Like, like, does he get cut off in traffic and he goes, car, or something like that? <laughs> or, like, he ruins a long-term relationship with a girl that he really loves and because of his upbringing, and then he goes, dad? <laughs> a lot of people from good households here. Jeez, oh, my God. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to leave on that. That was fun, guys. Thank you, everybody. Yay! Yay! everyone! Yay! Yang Gang, I love the Yang Gang. I'm all down, a thousand bucks a month. What? <laughs> yeah, why would anybody say no to that? Like, <laughs> politics aside, a thousand bucks a month? Oh my God, that would change my whole life. My cats would eat so much better. You know what I mean? Like way more wet food for the cats. You can't buy cat food on food stamps. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> although, although my cat's food looks so good, like in the apocalypse, I'll eat some of it. Some of this, like grain-free, like like there's one, there's a new one called Rachel Ray's Nutrish, and it's at Gross Out because no cats like it, I guess. But it looks so good when I open it. I'm like, man, in a dystopian future, I would eat the fuck out of this. <laughs> like it looks, 
It's the best looking cat food I've ever seen. All right. <laughs> Speaking of a dystopian future, your next comedian is working on making that not happen. He like works for Greenpeace and is all about hugging trees and saving the world for realsies because it's falling apart and it's so warm and then it's wet and then it's like, what's going on? And he's also incredibly funny. Put your hands together for Rolf Scar. Yay! Thank you, Pam. Wow, everybody. So it was late. And I was lizard drunk talking to this lady at the bar near closing time. And lizard drunk is when the smart parts of my brain have had enough. And they got to leave the scene. They're like, hey, man, has good hanging out. Uh, we got to get up in the morning and think, and uh, we're just going to leave you, leave you to it. And they leave me with the lizard brain, which is the part in the back, and it's still ready to go. It doesn't really need to sleep. It has limited functionality, though. It, it can do a couple things. It can eat. It can drink. Uh, it can defend itself if it needs to, and it's, it's probably going to try to fuck. And so... <laughs> Things are going pretty well with this lady. We're talking, and Lizard Brain is actually a pretty good conversationalist. He knows just to ask questions, and she'll do most of the talking. And so she was really opening up, and he's listening. It's easy to do. He just kind of sits there, and he's listening. But then she crosses over this line when she starts talking about her irritable bowel issues. It was like that. <laughs> Suddenly, Lizard Brain was very sad because it meant two things. First, there was going to be no sex. Lizard Brain understood when that topic comes up, it means that you're not in the category of things that she's going to snuggle with tonight. <laughs> it could be stuffed animals, especially if they're animatronic and move a little, like a Tickle Me Elmo, or if she's a hipster and is into the retro stuff, it could be a Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> Teddy Ruxpin, anybody? Yeah. There we go. All right, a little love. See, he was a more, more eligible bachelor at that point. But the second thing is, it messed with a long-standing belief that lizard brain tries to maintain, which is that ladies lizard brain likes, they don't, they don't poop. They don't even, they don't. To him, he's, they're just idealized and they don't even have buttholes. It's just like two vaginas, one on top of the other with like adjustable <laughs> settings. You know, one could be hot, the other could be cold, or you could loosen or tighten them depending on what the situation calls for and personal preferences like a sleep number bed. You know, it works out. Great. No, lizard brain ladies, in, the, in his mind, when they're done with the nutrients in their food, they go to the bathroom and they sit down and that's where silk comes from. It's, and then they can just weave it into useful items like lingerie or, you know, if they don't want to go to the bathroom, they don't have to because they can just lean over, squeeze a little, and a string of pretty butterflies comes out. It's just maybe a lot of them and it just brings beauty. <laughs> And pollination to the world. It's like, you know, flowers and almonds and fruits and vegetables. If a lady's like, oh my God, talking to Lizard Brain, he's like, did you read the news? The monarch butterflies, their populations are plummeting. He's like, well, let's go to Taqueria Cancun. Get you a burrito and you can, you know, help. Think locally and globally. He mixes that up sometimes. But, you know, the feeling's there. Um, I was not lizard-brained, I was just bored and bleary-eyed standing in a security line at the airport. 
traveling out. But then I woke up all of a sudden, you guys, because in front of me was this woman, and I, I don't know why, but for some reason, I just instantly had this crush on her. Everything about her, the way she looked, the way she moved. She had a backpack that was sporty instead of a roller bag. That's hot. And she's going through that micromillimeter machine, and I couldn't help but stare for a second. I kind of forgot what I was doing, and I was taking off my belt, but I didn't take the liquids out of my bag. And so they had to send my bag back through, and by the time I was through, she was gone. I was like, wow, I just felt like I had to talk to her maybe, or it could have been a connection, and now she's gone forever. So I went to the airport bar, still thinking about her, and I sat down on my seat and just wondered what could have been. But then she starts walking down the aisle on my flight, you guys. I couldn't believe it. And she gets up and she puts her beautiful backpack in the bin in my row, and she sits right down next to me, and I couldn't believe it. It was like I won the lottery. I'm already picturing the future together, but it has to start somehow. I have to make a conversation with her. I don't want to be a creep. I don't want to sound stupid like, uh, so where are you flying to? I had to brain fired. I couldn't think of anything to say. I wanted something to happen so that I could start the conversation like an engine fire while we're still on the ground. You know, we're scared for a second and then we're safe when we can play with the oxygen masks or like someone gets in a fight with the stewardess and has to get escorted off by the air marshal. And we're like, whoa, oh my gosh, that happens. Or like an animal gets loose inside the cabin of the plane like a pigeon or a chicken or a pot-bellied pig or a pygmy goat or a marsupial or maybe a small monkey, you know, because then I could be like, whoa. I didn't even know that Emotional support howler monkeys were a thing. I mean, how did it even get on here? It could really throw its feces far. Did it hit you? I tried to block it with my in-flight magazine. You're okay? She's like, yeah, I'm okay. Thanks to you. I'm Vanessa. Next thing you know, Vanessa and I are talking about howler monkeys and my trip to Costa Rica last year and how she wanted to go to Costa Rica last year and take an intensive Spanish course, but she didn't get to go because her controlling ex-boyfriend was jealous and insecure and didn't want her to travel on her own, and it turns out he was cheating on her anyway with that girl with the big boobs at the office. He swore there was nothing between them, but then she sure was because she got chlamydia from her through him, and she's over it now because of the full-spectrum antibiotics, and she's over him too because, like, why were they even together anyway, and why does she stick together with these guys for so long that she doesn't even have a real connection with, and she's dating again, but it's hard because everyone is not who they say they are in those apps, or they message about anal right away, and they're just creeps, and in person, it's hard in the city because like everyone's transient or they're busy or they're already coupled up and doesn't feel like there's any real men left in the city. She wants a guy who can like do things with his hands, like build a bookshelf out of reclaimed wood or like get in a bar fight and win if he has to or, you know, but is still emotionally available and has a big heart and can make her laugh and, you know, cares about things, is passionate about the world and his own work and can stand on his own two feet but can still intertwine his life with hers like a beautiful tapestry. And we've been talking for a while now and I'm like, Vanessa, I gotta, I gotta ask you something. Vanessa, I got, speaking of beautiful tapestries, have you seen the blankets in the Mexican state of Chiapas that the indigenous people weave? Because it sounds crazy, but I'm going there next month to take an intensive Spanish class. And I, I think you should come with me. She didn't say anything. I'm like, I think you should come with me. And her jaw dropped a little bit, and her eyes met my eyes, and her eyes were beautiful. And I felt beautiful. And she leaned over and started kissing me. It was passionate. It was like love at first flight. And it's starting to get intense. And so she unhooks her seatbelt like she's unhooking her bra. And she knocks up the armrest and starts to grind on me. We're kind of dry humping. And it's getting a little disturbing for the people around us. She knocks the Spanish language Sudoku that I had in my lap onto the floor. And one of the pa passengers is like, hey, hey, knock it off. And I said in an authoritative voice, Mind your own business. And the guy did, and that turned around even more. And so now it's really getting hot and heavy, but we're starting to land. And I'm like, Vanessa, I need your number. I need to call you after this. We have to get together. And she doesn't say anything. She just lifts up my T-shirt, and she scratches her number into my back. And it was a, 
hurt so bad, but it felt so good. And it was amazing because when I got home and I looked at my back in the mirror, she scratched her number backwards so I could read a normal, you know, like an ambulance behind you in traffic. And it was a real number. And we go to Chiapas and we learn Spanish better. And we build an orphanage for kids who've lost their parents to climate change. And we study the Kama Sutra and we score a bunch of psychedelic mushrooms. And we have Latin influenced Kama Sutra psychedelic sex for days. And we realize that the Western dualism of body and mind and self and other is false. It's not true. She is me and I am her. And we meet the thousand spirits in the sky who shower us with a thousand blessings. And we decide to get married. And the local community has embraced us. So the priestess does the ceremony. And we wear clothes just made out of orchid petals, sustainably harvested by the <laughs> local children from the forest, as they've done for thousands of years. And they know that our love started in the sky. So they give us a hot air balloon. And it's well provisioned with wicker baskets full of air organic fruits and vegetables and big gourds full of orchid nectar wine and coconut water and there's a bunch of mushrooms and then we're off into the sky waving back to the village hitting the trade winds sipping and tripping on orchid nectar wine and we rub each other's bodies down with coconut water so we tan and don't burn and we never get cold because our love keeps us warm and then we land on a Caribbean island and we're like, this is great, we never have to leave. And on the morning walk that we have on the beach one day, we find a suitcase and it's full of bricks of cocaine and we sell it for money. <laughs> and we use it to make our own bed and breakfast, dive center, nightclub, wildlife rehabilitation center. And we save a bunch of sea turtles and we restore some of the coral reefs and we make wonderful gluten-free vegan pancakes that people really love and they leave really good reviews for us on TripAdvisor. <laughs> And we make love three times a day. And it never gets old because we found the true secrets to love and happiness and health. And we're like, we can't keep this to ourselves. So we co-write a book about it. And <laughs> Oprah really likes it. And she puts it on our book list. And we're more popular than Deepak Chopra because he's a fraud and our stuff is real and it really works because millions of lives around the world are changed and the wars in the Middle East cease and Trump supporters start to believe in science. And so they give us a Nobel Peace Prize, but we don't even need that. We just donated it to charity because we have everything we already need. All because someone brought an emotional support howler monkey on a plane. <laughs> Didn't happen, you guys. I said two things to her. I said, hi. And then a couple late hours later, I said, sorry, I got to go pee. That was, that was about it. You guys like impressions? <laughs> In close. Uh, here's my impression of a Tyrannosaurus on Tinder. What's up with all these birds? <laughs> this is a highly educated crowd, I could tell. You got the evolution joke. Nice job. One more impression for you. This is my impression of uh, Darth Vader smoking marijuana. He's not smoking yet, he's just breathing. <laughs> Lando, pass that bong to the left. You've been camping on it.
Maybe we shouldn't blow up Alderaan. Thanks very much, everybody. I'm Rolf Scar. Give it up for your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm back here for a second. It's Rolf Scar. That's really exciting. You're so funny. Rolf Scar, everybody. Again, Rolf Scar, yay! Well, in four minutes, we have a phone call from Julia Corral from Portland, and she's going to do an eight-minute set for us. Uh, But until then, I feel like we should do a quick game to give away uh, one of these 10-milligram pot suckers that I made earlier today. Uh, and I'm gonna run around and we're gonna we're gonna do a little game real quick. Here we go, here we go. Game, 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 game. We're gonna play a little game. This is illegal! No, it's not! It's legal now. Weed is legal, silly pants. Weed is legal, silly pants, and I just happen to make my own little suckers and they're taste- <laughs> so they're, uh, they're clearly over 21. I know, is anyone a narc? We have to ask them before we just kidding. Um uh, let's 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 play a little game. Uh, we'll play a little game called Time Fuck, and um, we're gonna all think of a one-line story about the worst thing we ever did as a child, and whoever is the most degenerate child gets a 10 milligram sucker of weed. Okay, to give you an example of my story, when I was in second grade, girls were making fun of me because they were calling me fat, and I went around the back of the PE thing where we changed clothes, and I threw a brick through a window. Okay, who's got it? <laughs> got a story? Remember you were a degenerate child? Degenerate children? Come, 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 degenerate child. I used to know this kid named Tony, right in third grade, and I, we had a band of friends, and this kid Tony shit his pants in the middle of class, and he got in trouble for it because he didn't ask to go to the bathroom, right? So I had this great idea of, of calling him Brown versus Board of Education, and it really stuck, <laughs> and it just was terrible, and I was the mastermind behind it, and I'll never live it down. You're a terrible person, yay, yay. That's like sometimes they say you are what you eat and I'm like, I don't remember eating an oil painting. Did anybody else wanna tell a story for a, tell us who was a bad child? Come on, come on, say it on the radio for everyone to hear. You, you look like you have a thing. Did you ever like pinch your sister really hard? No, no one ever like, put their little sister in a sleeping bag and rolled her down the stairs. No one, you did, you didn't. He's pointing at you like you're a bad person. He's calling you, are you brothers? Oh my God, oh you have, come on. What's the worst, just don't even do what you did bad. Tell what he did bad. Yeah, fuck, fuck what you did bad. Say the worst thing he ever did to you. I, I was pretty bad. There you go, yeah. Um, uh, we, we're, we were playing Super Mario Sunshine on GameCube. <laughs> And then uh, I got pissed at him, so I deleted his account. Oh, <laughs> oh here, you tell the worst. You have, have oh, there's our phone call. Go, go. All right, and yeah. Then put it back in okay, uh, so when we were younger, me and my brother used to play uh, a game called RuneScape, and you had to pay. <laughs> so you had to pay five dollars a month for a membership, but our parents, being Asian, were just like vehemently against it. And so one day, me and my friend found out that if you just mailed them five bucks, they would just do it for you. But I was afraid that he would tell on me. And so to keep my cover, I told him that I heard a rumor that you could just keep trying to log into the member server and sometimes it would work. 
So every day, <laughs> so every day after school, me and him would come home and we try to make it work, and we like, oh man, it doesn't work. And then once my money got in, it worked for me. And then he kept trying for like three months after that every day. <laughs> and <laughs> he was so sad he didn't know why it didn't work, but I was like, I guess I'm just lucky. <laughs> I'm still <pissed>. Yeah. <laughs> Screwing your brother out of money, yay, yay. That's, that's terrible. Well, that was that was a game we called Time Fuck and everyone played it. Right now on the phone, we have Julia Corral out of Portland. Hey Julia, how are you doing? Julia, can you hear us? Can, can you hear me? There you are, yeah! Hey! So exciting that you called in all the way from beautiful Portland. Tonight we have a bunch of Northern Hinterland comics and we're so excited to have you. Hey, go ahead and do your thing. Everybody clap right now for Julia Corral, yay! Thanks, guys. I'm excited to do the show on the radio. Uh, to put the rest that people only laugh at me in Portland because of my good looks. Uh, so we'll see this. Uh, the other day, I just got like a Facebook reminder that I got invited to my 20-year high school reunion. Uh, and so I've been getting a jump start on it by internet stalking all my exes. It's very easy nowadays. And I've discovered that three of them have wives that look exactly like me. And for most women, this would really bother them, but not me. It's kind of exciting knowing that I wasn't dumped based on my looks, but solely based on my awful personality. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. Um, but I've been thinking, like, should I go back to my high school reunion? Like, do I miss it? Um, I think I do. I think I'm going to go back. Um, obviously, I miss, like, my parents giving me allowance. I miss summer and spring breaks off. But what I really miss is the weekend finger banging. I feel like that just kind of ends in adulthood. That should be the real throwback Thursday. Um, I used to be a club rat back in the aughts, up in the club all the time. Um, but now I feel like my past is literally coming back to haunt me um, because now all that music's back on the radio. It's nostalgic. And I'm suffering from what's best described as grind dancing flashbacks. Yeah. Essentially what that means is anytime I hear outcasts on the radio, I just feel phantom dicks pressing into my butt. It's real debilitating. Um, I'm really hoping that this zombie apocalypse happens pretty soon, mostly because I'm sick of working. And also, I think I'm going to make, like, a really good zombie. I'm a slow walker. I'm Mexican, so I've been eating brains since I've been a child. And I'm constantly hungover. You guys, I don't even think I'm going to notice the transition. Besides the fact that I'm going to be like Beyonce of the Undead. The other day, I was listening to NPR, like a good liberal. Um, and this segment came on that said... Giving a child an iPhone is like giving a child cocaine. And I thought about it all day, and I was like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds better than any present I could ever buy. So now I'm like the Pablo Escobar of toddlers. I'm just going around giving bumps of screen time to my nieces and nephews. Obviously, I'm the favorite. 
the other day I was at brunch with all my girlfriends, and one of them was like, Julia, how do you have so much confidence? And I said, that's easy. I'm chesty, I'm chubby, and I'm Latina. And that's three Pornhub categories. It's easy to have confidence when you know some creep's always going to want you. At the same brunch, me and my friends were playing that game that, like, sluts do when you write all your sexual conquests down on the list. And I made a shocking discovery about myself. I realized that I had only had sex with white guys. And I knew it was true because after I was done reading the list, it read like the end credits of a Woody Allen film. That's how I knew. Um, the other day, um, well, I have a real job. I, I work in corporate America, and so they make you go to the doctors so they don't raise your insurance. Um, and I waited till the last minute, and I said, just give me any doctor. And you guys, they gave me, like, the hottest doctor ever. I was, like, sweaty. But he was also dumb as dog shit. Because I was, like really pouring out my heart to him. And I was like, I think I need antidepressants. I'm like the most sad I've ever been. And he was like, no, I think you just need sleep and diet. And immediately my mind was like, Julia, get out of there, get a new doctor. But also immediately my vagina was like, just one pap smear. Just one breast check. Um, I'm very proud of myself, you guys. Um, for 2020, I've given up all social media. Yay! I've deleted Facebook and Instagram off my phone. For me, it was just getting like too negative. I was tired of starting each and every morning by scrolling down the apps and being reminded of how many Republican dicks I sucked in high school. I felt no one needs that juju. I'm in a biracial relationship, but sometimes I forget because even though my boyfriend's white, he was raised Mormon hillbilly, and that's essentially just Mexican. <laughs> we were both raised exactly the same. We both had to wear hand-me-down clothes. We both had to eat fish sticks on Fridays. And we both have the ability to step 17 of our cousins in the backseat of a minivan. It really comes in handy. Um, me and him are about to celebrate our eight-year anniversary. Um, and I used to think I was bad at dating. And it turns out I wasn't. I just didn't know the secret. And I'm going to share it with you guys. The key to a successful relationship is Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. All you got to do is hook him with kindness and then slowly and surely just start berating him. Just like wear him down, maybe call his mom a bitch for good measure. And then when you see the first tear form in the corner of his eye, what do you got to do is immediately fuck him. Because what this does is it scrambles his man brain and it makes him side with his captor. Um, I live in the bougie part of Portland, and so I, I went to yoga class the other day. Um, well, not yoga. I actually just go to meditation because it's the only class you don't have to break a sweat into. 
Um, and I went into the checkup counter, and the girl was like, last name, please. And I said, Corral, C-O-R-R-A-L. And she's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Is that what your parents do? And I was kind of confused because I had never thought anyone thought we got last names like that. I didn't think she thought my parents were migrant workers, and that's how I was named. But also I was, like, bummed to tell her they just worked in HR. But I really thought about it, and it was like, if I could named after, be named after who my parents were and what they represented, what would my name be? And it came to me, if I was named after my father, my name would be Julia Self-Righteous Recovered Addict. But if I was named after my mother, my name would be Julia. I'm spending my child's future inheritance on tchotchkes at Ross. I think that last one has a little too many hyphens. But I'm Mexican, so I'm used to it. And I think that's it, right? That was amazing. Everybody clap your hands together for Julia Corral. Yeah! The first half of our show was uh, San Francisco people, and now we're into the northern hinterlands. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much, Julia Corral. Put it up again Thank for you her. For having me. Uh, you can come to the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival and see her in that show. Super excited for that. March 1st through 7th. Yay, that's happening now. And everyone, people are going to be calling in every week doing that. But right now, your next comedian, she is also from the crazy hinterlands of Salem, Oregon. Ooh, she might be a witch. I love witches. They like cats. And that's really good. Um, I'm really excited to have her here, as I am any person from out of town. If you ever are checking out mutinyradio.fm, send me a message, because we love people from out of town. Right now, she's from Salem, Oregon. Put your hands together for Emma Pace Jonas. Yeah! <laughs> I'm not a witch. I have been told I have resting witch face, though. Classic. You guys ever find yourself in a grocery store or a, you know, supermarket, somewhere where they have music piping in, and you find yourself bobbing your head to it, and you're like, this is a sweet jam. And you start thinking like, oh, do I still have uh, fucking, what's it called, Shazam? I should should figure out what this is. And before you can pull your phone out, the song is like, yeah, kid! And you're like, I got to reevaluate a lot of stuff that happens to me a couple days a week. (laughs) I was watching a DVD the other day, and uh, before the movie or the menu or anything came on, a commercial popped up, and it was like, thank you for purchasing this DVD. We hope you enjoy it. You should check out our fine selection of Blu-rays. Have you heard of this shit? Blu-rays are fucking amazing. Blu-rays look incredible. They'll melt your goddamn eyes out of your head. Look at this. Look at this guy. You can't even tell how good it looks because you're not watching a Blu-ray, you fucking idiot. And it showed me like five minutes of a Blu-ray commercial before I got to watch Money Talks. And and I was like, this is a weird choice. Now I feel like I'm not going to enjoy this movie as much. And that, that would be like if I came up here and was like, oh, thank you guys so much for coming out to see, to see me here at Mutiny Radio. This is wonderful. Uh, have you guys heard of Netflix? <laughs> they got a bunch of shit on there. You guys know there's a guy, Chris Rock. He's on there. He's, he's talking. He's very funny. He's hilarious. Make you laugh a lot. You don't have to make eye contact with him either. It's great. It's, 
<laughs> he can't hear you. It's nice. It's very nice. I um I, I work in uh, retail. Thank you so much. I I love it. I that's a lie. It's fine working in retail. I work at a thrift store, which is like retail light. It's very nice. You know, I don't have like a corporation I have to answer to, but as with any retail gig, as some of you may be familiar, uh, I am often encountered with this attitude. Even at the thrift store, I get people coming to me going, <laughs> do you know who I am? And I'm like, no, to be fair, but I know where you shop. <laughs> You're move, ugly, let's go. <laughs> get a lot of people who like to, uh, to haggle they like to barter, which is fine for me. Uh, I got to turn them down a lot. I have one man who likes to come in and try to get all the watches for zero dollars, no matter how much they cost. <laughs> and uh, he came in the other day. I, I, I marched up to him. I said, hello, sir. How can I help you? And he said, oh, I know who you are. You're the girl who loves to say no. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> a good time working at retail. I, uh, I do, I live in Oregon, uh, which is, is very nice. Land of weed. I love weed. It's legal in Oregon. I know it's legal here, but I think we beat you guys to it. I don't keep track of that stuff. Uh, and I, I think the biggest difference for me since weed became legal is that uh, when I was a kid getting high, I would have to hide it. So if anybody asked me why my eyes were red, I'd have to lie and say, oh, it's because I was crying. But now, now if somebody asks me why my eyes are red, I get to tell them it's because I was getting high. And then they don't know that I was crying. <laughs> Works every time. I do uh, overdo it sometimes, though. I get a little too high to handle. Uh, the other night, for instance, I got so high Beautiful. I got so high that I biked past a speed limit sign and got really scared when I couldn't find my odometer. <laughs> it's a long night. And yes, sir, I do know that's not the proper instrument. I'm saving us both from that conversation after the show. Thank you. <laughs> you guys know Warheads? The candy, a little sour candy, like incinerates your mouth. Fucking delicious. I love Warheads. I feel like Warheads were weed for kids before they got to do weed. You know, you'd be in class and your buddy at the next desk over, we'd lean over, you're like, psst. You're like, what? He opens up his backpack, he's got a bag of fucking warheads in there. You're like, oh shit. I did not come here prepared to get fucked up at recess, but okay. <laughs> what do we got, a grammar test later? I'll just have half, I'll be fine, I'll be cool. And then your cool friend Mitchell in the back is like, give me two, I'll do them right now, fuck it. You're like, I'll never be as fucking cool as Mitchell. Someday, we're all trying. I, I'm not there yet. I'm not as cool as Mitchell. Uh, like I said, I live in Oregon, uh, the land of passive aggression, where everybody loves bumper stickers. That's how we communicate with each other, and not with words <laughs> or face-to-face. Uh, I love bumper stickers, though. Like, what a, what a fun, useless invention. What a great way to only piss off strangers. That's all they can do, right? I, I don't think... I don't think that a single bumper sticker has ever convinced anyone of anything. I don't think they can do that. Like, I can't imagine a racist person seeing a coexist sticker and being like, oh yeah, no, it makes sense. Muslims, Muslims are cool, we should hang out, yeah. <laughs> Spells a word. No, it's not, 
how that happens. It's, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, my favorite sticker to see is, favorite is a strong word, the sticker that I will tailgate for a few blocks <laughs> just to see, just to see who's in there. Is, uh, it's a very simple sticker. It's just got three little words on it. It just reads, abortion is murder. Ooh, I know, it's scary, right? Even though you're not a fetus, it's like threatening somehow. <laughs> abortion is murder. Ooh. And again, the abortion is murder sticker does not convince me that I shouldn't be in charge of my shit. What it does tell me is that you're probably going to change lanes without looking <laughs> because you have no regard for the quality of other people's lives, <laughs> which is, uh, is good to know. <laughs> Useful information. I have a favorite sticker pairing. It's true. If you're ever up in Oregon, look out for this combination because you only see it there. And it's, it's you know, you, you got to high five someone if you see this one. It's the abortion is murder sticker plus the Oregonian sticker with the AR-15 on it. That's right. That's a murder weapon, baby. It says it on the box. <laughs> and I'm like, which thing do you actually take issue with then? Because I don't think it's the murder. Pretty sure. Maybe it's not the abortion. You know, maybe it's just the, the technique of it. That's my theory. Maybe they'd prefer it to be like a skeet shooting type activity. You know, pull out. I don't know how <laughs> guns work. <laughs> Something like that. Now, for real though, I think the reason that a lot of women do get abortions is that it's very difficult to find a hitman who will take out a baby. And if you do, it's just so expensive. You know, it's not, it's, it's very cost prohibitive. It's not, not worth it. I, uh, hmm. I was, uh, I, I was out, I was outside the other day and I saw a man walk by and toss a piece of trash on the ground. And, um, because I don't subscribe to the Oregonian passive aggression, I said, hey man, there's a trash can right over there. You can pick that up, bro, or whatever. <laughs> And uh, for some reason, he didn't want me to tell him what to do with his life. He wasn't pleased. He did not pick up his trash, but he did offer to fight me. So, you know, it's silver lining. This guy may have been a litterer, but at least he was a feminist. <laughs> because feminism is important, guys. Feminism is important. Feminism is important. Let me hear it. Feminism is important. Feminism is important. Feminism is important. <clears throat> Boycott pocketless pants. Boycott pocketless pants. <clears throat> Don't buy into that shit. Take all your small items out of your pants and put them in little trees and, and doors and, and hide them in little crevices around your environment so people find chapstick and tampons and pads and pens and shit. And they're like, why is all this shit all over the place? And we're like, we don't have anywhere to put it. Feminism. <laughs> It's not really what feminism is, but it's very annoying to not have pockets. And it's a start, you know, <laughs> to have a place to put your shit. You would think that's not that much to ask. <laughs> but it is. It truly is. Uh, can't read this shit at all, you know? You know when you write all over your hand and then you get really sweaty? It doesn't, it's not a really good combination. You guys may have noticed by now a little something about me that I am what you may call a woman. That's what I do all the time. Don't always want to, but it's happening right now. 
And I'm a lady. It's great. It's really fun. It's awesome being a lady. It's very good, right? You know, you ever, you ever wake up in a pool of your own blood <laughs> and you're not sure which hole it came out of? It's my day to day. Today, today, today. It's a good time. Uh, I, there are a lot of stereotypes out there about women, folks. We all know about them. Some not so bad, some very bad. There is one that I don't so much mind ascribing to, and that is uh, perhaps some of the women in the room will, will agree with me on this. It's the idea that women like to sleep surrounded by many pillows. This ring true for anyone else? Getting some, I'm getting a nod here, strong nod, hell yeah. I got a dozen pillows on my bed right now, haven't touched eight of them in years. But I gotta be there, I got them all lined up. Dolores, Rita, the Humper, just in case. You never know, you gotta have them. I think what's really going on here, the reason that women like to sleep surrounded in soft comfort is so that we can practice for when we're dead. You know, every night I just go to sleep, I'm like, <sighs> Someday this will be forever. <sighs> Can't wait. No, it's good. It's good. It's very good. There is there is a more sinister stereotype out there about women, and that and I, I'm amazed that I still see it. But it's out there, folks. There are still people who think that women don't like sex, or that we put up with it at best, which really says more about the people who are saying that than the women. That's uh, another discussion. Uh, <laughs> I think what's really going on here um, is that uh, men are, none of the men in this room, you guys are fine. <laughs> Don't worry. Men, their, their egos are just so fragile that th instead of learning to deliver sexual pleasure unto women, they would rather just gaslight a whole gender of people into feeling bad when they masturbate. Which just seems like so much more work to me because it's really not hard to learn how to eat a lady out good. It's really not difficult. <laughs> there are YouTube videos that use fruit. It's very informative. Check it out. <laughs> Tastes the same, too. I promise you. Uh, um, uh, oh, speaking of uh, being a lady, uh, anyone in the house on your period tonight? Oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> This is great, because this is uh, not a joke. I just need a tampon, so I'll we'll talk to you later, Pam. That's wonderful. I know you guys may be unaware, women, women bum tampons off each other all the time. Like, there's a whole exchange economy in the bathroom, <coughs> and the Dow is high, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> and it's just like cigarettes. You know, everyone has their brand that they like, that they prefer. And sometimes you ask somebody for a tampon and you get one. You're like, oh my God, thank you. I really needed this. I, I'm sorry. Is this a menthol or? <laughs> it's fine. I'll, I'll do it. Oof, refreshing. <laughs> Please don't tell anyone. That's tampon face. You're not supposed to know about that. <laughs> sometimes, though, you ask for a tampon and you're offered a sanitary napkin, which is just the most inaptly named item in all the items. <laughs> Very unsanitary. Napkins are for your face. Gross. Let's move on. Uh, you ask for a tampon. You're offered the pad. And that's like asking for a cigarette and being offered a pinch of chew. <laughs> you're like, that is absolutely disgusting. Who do you think I am? But hand it over. I'm very desperate. Don't tell anybody. That's what's going on in the ladies' room. Now we all know. I, um, 
I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you guys, uh, you know, it, it's hard to meet people. Um, I don't know how to do it. You know, sometimes you try to go out to bars and stuff, but then it's like, what if there's a man there and he talks to you or whatever? It's, yeah, it's a high risk, high risk world we're living in right now. But the other day I did manage to have a pleasant interaction with a stranger. So thank you. It's very big for me. And I'm very excited to tell you about it. Uh, he, we were at a bar, and uh, it was nice. We're just chit-chatting, having a having a lovely exchange. He's a cool guy too. He's wearing a backwards hat. Very cool move. And uh, we're just having a really nice time. And then eventually, I saw the other side of that hat, i.e., the front side. And it turned out it was a MAGA hat. The whole time, oh, what a twist, yeah, it's like a horror movie, it's like Shyamalan shit, jeez, like, man, and you know, of all the hats to wear backwards, that's the one you're going to go, really? That's tricky, you know what you're doing, mister, jeez, you really built the wall over my eyes, you know what I'm saying, come on, I just, it felt unfair to me, you know, it felt so unfair that I didn't get to find out that this dude hates women until I was pegging him. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy Jay Shingle. Um, I think that there's a tampon in the bathroom up at the top if you like feel along the side. I actually, my favorite, um, my, my favorite federal crime is stealing other people's mail. And this one time, th well, there was, there was a box that was there for like two weeks. And I was like, this is a big box. What's it going to be? And I opened it up, right? And I opened it up and it was baby bibs. So for the past eight years, I've been using baby bibs as blood diapers in my underwear because they call it being on the rag for a reason. Like I literally have a baby bib blood diaper in my pants right now. Yeah, I'm like tampons. Fuck that. Why did the cotton industry want us to like feel like we have a dick inside ourselves all the time? It doesn't feel good. Like everyone's like, that's totally normal. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Sorry. Let's keep it on the outside. Here are. So I'm sorry I don't have the tampons that you need because I just can't. I've never could. I could never figure out how to put a tiny dick of, of uh, cotton into myself. It just never worked for me. Your next comedian works with the hard times. He opened for Creed Bratton of The Office. I, I, I'm just reading here. I have the glasses on because I can't see anything. I'm old. All right. He's here for Sketchfest. Woo! I know. I'm super excited that he's here. He's all the way from Seattle, Washington. Clap your hands in a wild slappy-like motion. It's Jay Single. Yay! Uh, hello, I'm comedian Jay Shingle from uh, Seattle, Washington. A uh, big round of applause for me. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, not only am I a stand-up comedian, uh, but I'm also a dancer and musician. And I'd like to start my set off tonight with an expressive song and dance, uh, which wishes you a happy new year. As we all know, uh, January 1st has passed. It's the new year of 2020. Would you like to see an expressive song and dance? Okay, please give me one moment to get ready. Oh, 
Uh, please keep in mind that I've chosen to play my own musical accompaniment for this expressive song and dance, as playing your own musical accompaniment is the most expressive for an expressive song and dance. <laughs> and now for an expressive song and dance, this wishes you a happy new year. some jokes here uh, for the comedy night here uh, at Mutiny Radio. Um, joke number one. But actually, this is a story. Um, I was standing in my friend's driveway, and there were, pl or sorry, it's my brother's driveway. I was standing in my brother's driveway, uh, and there were plants growing up out of the cracks of the driveway in the concrete, and I said, I said, this isn't a driveway. What is this, a plant way? Um, joke number two. Uh, actually, this is wordplay. Um, if a fly flies, uh, then a bird should birds then. Because wh what you do, when you take the fly, and wh what it does, you add the S to the word fly. Uh, then when the bird would do the same thing, what you do, you add the S to the word bird, uh, and the bird would also birds. Um, joke number three. Uh, actually, this is a classic knock-knock joke. Uh, knock-knock. Um, actually, this is a how-to joke. <laughs> um, how do you make sure your dog lives forever? <laughs> oh, will you preserve him, of course. Uh, not only am I a stand-up comedian, uh, excuse me, sorry about your feet, you're, you're welcome to move anything you'd like. And you can smell it as well if you'd like. It <laughs> But I'm, um, I'm not only my stand-up comedian uh, and a dancer and a musician, uh, but I'm also a performance artist. And I'd like to do a performance art scene for you right here at Mutiny Radio. Would you like to see a performance art scene? This specific performance art scene is actually called Bad Dog, and it includes an audience participation component in the form of a chant. The chant goes like this. Bad dog. Bad dog. Please, everybody, this is a special moment. Let's do this together in this space. Dog. Bad, nice and loud. Dog. Please keep that going throughout the duration of the scene. Dog. Bad dog. Dog. 
Okay, let's begin the scene. Oh! for yourselves for participating. Thank you very much. I hope I didn't get you wet. Uh, not only am I a stand-up comedian and a dancer and a musician and a performance artist, uh, but I'm also a presenter of concepts. <laughs> Before I leave the stage tonight, I'd like to present the concept of door jam to you. We all know the word in its definition. It's the inner lining or post of a doorway or other aperture. We all know this. But do we know the concept of door jam? I'd like to present the concept of door jam to you in a segment that I like to call door jam three ways. The first iteration of the concept is like is equal parts door and jam. Let's begin the first iteration of the concept. Uh, I'm jamming. <laughs> but on a door. I'm <laughs> um, door jamming. And that includes the first iteration of the concept. Thank you very much. <laughs> the second iteration of the concept is likewise equal parts door and jam. Oh, uh, let's begin the second iteration of the concept. Mm, blackberry pomegranate, my favorite. And that concludes the second iteration of the concept of door jam. Uh, the third and final iteration of the concept is actually all in one part in the form of a friend by the name of Dorge Ham. <laughs> Dorge Ham. Uh, let's begin the third and final iteration of the concept. Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> my name is George Ham. <laughs> Both of my parents were garage doors. <laughs> Thank you for sitting through this. <laughs> I spent my days hanging out in chain home improvement stores. Searching for that cute door with cheddar cheese eyes and a peanut butter nose. <laughs> but, but I haven't found such a door yet, so please, if you see one, maybe I'll find it here in the Bay Area. Uh, please let me know, or, or you'll let Jay Shingle know. Uh, thank you very much. I've been door champ. <laughs> I bought this two days ago. Um, well, 
I've made a mess that I'll need to clean up, uh, but that's been everything for me. I'm Jay Shingle um, from Seattle, Washington. I will be at the uh, Brava Cabaret tomorrow night for Sketchfest, and I'll also be at the Alamo Draft House on Sunday as well for Sketchfest. Uh, come out if you'd like to see uh, more material from me. Thank you very much. I've been Jay Shingle. Motherfucking Jay Shingle, let him hear it. He's got all the accoutrement. Boy, boy, do I love that. I should, I should run around. Okay, here I go, running around. I'm running I love I love that he did like water sports on a scary like that looks that looks like the thing I snuggled with for the past 45 years. Does anybody still have the remnants of their baby blanket? No, no one has their whoopee or their smoochy or I don't know what you called your blankets back in the day, the little weird parts of things. Oh boy. Look, I'm so glad he put all these things up here. You guys are amazing. Clap it up for yourselves. Yay, audience. Yay you. Yay. This has been a lot of fun. I've had a really great time. I'm I'm dressed uh, like uh, a, 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 a sailor slut. <laughs> it's like if Sailor Moon was like a super slut, she'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna wear this weird outfit." This has been this has been a lot of fun. You guys are great. Uh, I should leave you with one aptly appropriate joke. You know, um, I've been you know I have a fantasy about uncircumcised guys. I don't know about y'all. Uh, but I wanna, I wanna take a guy's dick and I wanna pull it up, and I, I wanna pull his foreskin up over his dick, and I wanna put whiskey in his foreskin. <laughs> I want whiskey dick for real. <laughs> Can I finally get what I want? You know, it's twofold. Like, <laughs> what? One, I'm an alcoholic and I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey. And two, boys are gross. You gotta clean out all that schmegma. Thank you guys so much for being here at Comedy Clubhouse. You're amazing. Give it up for all the comedians you've seen tonight. Tell all your friends, download our app. Thank you for being here. You guys are amazing. Yay, good night, yay. Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? 
Claw Tigers. We fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers. We're part of the riding community. Claw Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers. California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Terrace, Harris Law Firm, LLP. 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch
What's happening? This is your boy Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Check this out. I get mad zooted. I got this bad thing I recruited. My passion is a movie, I say fuck her cause I screwed her I stay on my list, I raise everywhere I go, I'm screwed up I know my Texas niggas got my back and that's for sure though Sipping on instant pain like a tank of rain We ain't never gonna get a spark of life from I know them boys say they get to the money over there Baby, trust me, these niggas not like us I put charisma in my lingo when she fell for me I gave her realness and that's all she gonna get from me on the five superstar, I'm straight up out the hood there. I just did a dose of Percocets with some strippers. I just did a dose of Percocets with some strippers. I just poured this lean in my cup like it's liquor. I just need a whole lot of drugs in my system. I just try acid for the first time, I feel good. Treasure brain, misery, codeine in my delivery. I pull up in a big beat, swerving like a hippie. Moving with the dopers and pushers in the rover, ducking undercover, hugging the interstate. Popping a couple cakes and drum hanging under me. Got a chain hanging over me. God watching over me. All my angels watch over me. I bag it like groceries, keep some cash flowing over me. Got some money all in my hand and I stack it all under me. The young niggas under me, they gon' stand up in any war. This shit ground up at the head of a seminar I talk for the real ones I talk for them niggas They feel this shit out in Belgium Free bank gang I just did a dose of Percocet With some strippers I just poked this lean in my cup Like it's liquor I just need a whole lot of drugs In my system 
Leaving me no, dead air is no, Sam. No, no, no he here. was trying not to yeah. leave me dead air. No, no, you're coming back. It's fine. We just try not to leave dead air here at Muni Radio. This is the end of Pam Dazza's Comedy Club. We're still in the studio, yeah, rapping yeah, to yeah. you live. This is Muni Radio. Not FM. If you're still listening, thank you very much. We're gonna slide right into some future.
I just fuck your bitch and some Gucci flip flops. I just had some bitches and I made them look flop. I just took a piss and I seen coding coming out. We got purple activists, I thought it was a drought. I just fuck your bitch and some Gucci flip flops. I just had some bitches and I made them look flop. I just took a piss and I seen coding coming out. We got purple activists, I thought it was a drought. I know my bitch probably pissed, I ain't been home in a week I was dying on my dick, had to get back to the streets In the heart of the drought, I'm riding around with the heat Like the big comfy couch, got toys under the seat They hollering preach, young nigga preach You the one that spit that real, drop that shit that we can feel Ain't no visitation, really went hand in hand Married to the game, like Stephanie McMahon Here I stand, in the midst of it all with my word in my balls, niggas want it shorthand, I ain't DJ Paul, but I keep a juicy J when the times get hard, plan of renown, make me feel like God, me and my bitch at odds, the cards stacked against me, got it even the odds, I'm trusting in my pistol and believing in God, some niggas get a meal and leave their teens to start, I find that odd, now what's the odds of me getting rich, man what's the odds, and what's the odds, Around your salmonella, I'm too raw, Eddie with the leather. Some niggas 
but still ain't got your shit together. I'll admit, I'm counting blue honeys, you ain't got a red cent. And still ain't content, I got dreams of mad wealth. Let's talk green like cartoons with bad breath. Yeah, yeah, cause they ain't sold it like us. Them niggas new bread, they ain't molded like us. And Moolah, we trust, I'm trying to be on Forbes magazine. And I put it on Jesus like Mary Do doubling like Ireland. Practice what I preach you, Allen Iverson. Used to study 5% and Rastafari and Holly Selassie shit. Cheating on the four, I had a pot to piss. It's obvious we opposites. And I'm that nigga on that microphone, sick as magic. You don't wanna play with me like Carmelo. It's just jokes lighting up like you using dubs. So me and my woke chat We're here at mute. We're here at Mutiny Radio Live. We're on mic one. Mic one is the mic that's all the way to the left. We're playing a little bit of future right now because we wanna we wanna put you in a trance. This is I Serve the Bass by Future. And if you were confused, he does indeed serve the bass. Future served the bass.
I can't change, I was God-given 